0: We long for the presence of Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, come bearer of hope. to earth to, to live among us full of grace and truth. Come bearer of hope. Don't be afraid. See I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. Christ shine in our hearts today.
1: The title of this morning's service kind of is a bit of a giveaway, not another carol service. Last year we had a nice traditional service of lessons and carols and it was beautiful and I I really enjoyed it. But we're not doing that this year. We will have some carols, old and not so old. We will be premiering at least one brand new carol today and possibly two. Um, It is all age, there will be some time to move around and explore things in different ways. The last week running up to Christmas is always a bit chaotic. And I guess partly this service acknowledges that chaos and trusts that God is with us in the midst of all of that. So I hope you will find something that you can connect with and something that speaks to your heart in some way. So let's sing our first carol, Christmas song, whatever you want to call it. It's on the screen or it's number 180 in the book. Where do Christmas songs begin? (laughs) Thank <laughs> you. now let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray together. And we will follow the prayer as is our custom by saying the Lord's Prayer in our own first languages and preferred versions. We're almost there now, God. Our journey through Advent will soon be done. The shops will close and we will do our Christmas thing. So, just before we get too carried away, just before we deck the halls and trim the trees, gorge ourselves on rich food, play with our new toys, or doze in front of the television, we pause to focus our attention on you. In you, everything has its beginning. In love, you spoke, and order began to evolve from the swirling darkness of chaos. Stars and planets, too many to count, in galaxies and universes beyond imagining. Atmospheres separated from eddying oceans, dry land distinct from vast seas. Life began. Tiny green shoots that would become great forests. Plankton, amoeba, fish, lizards, insects, ducks, other birds, and in time, sheep and cattle and foxes, squirrels, donkeys, duck-billed platypuses and camels. And then, humans. People like us, who could marvel at the world of which they're part. People with curious minds and varied emotions, who could and would seek to make meaning and who would discover that only in the indefinable mystery that is God could this endeavor find its goal. This mystery we pause to remember. And we're also sorry, God, that all the busyness of buying and making, of rapping and posting, of singing and celebrating... Distracts us from that sense of wonder and curiosity. And yet, here too is a mystery no less profound that you, Creator of all, delight in the tentative and imperfect praises of your people, forgive our sins, and listen to our prayers. And so it is that, aware we are in your presence, we join together to pray in the words Jesus gave his friends as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. box. So who would like to come out and see what or who is in the box today? It's a bit like um, Lloyd Grossman through the keyhole, isn't it? Who would we find in a box like this? You coming to join us, Bonnie? right, let's bob down because we are getting taller and taller and taller between us. So who hasn't opened the box? Who would like to open the box? Okay. And Bonnie, who's in the box? Hold him carefully. Shall I hold him? That's okay. So who's that? It's a king. Yeah, what else might we call them? A Wise man. Well done. Or can you remember from last week? Yeah, Magi or Magi. Yeah, they so different names for these people. Now these actually don't come to see Jesus for a long, long time yet. But if you look on the table, we've got Mary and Joseph. They're on their way from Nazareth to Bethlehem. They haven't got there yet, have they? Because it's not Christmas Day yet. Can you remember where the shepherd was last week? (laughs) That's right. The, The shepherd's over on the hill. And the wise men are far off in another country. So, Sarah... Would you like to go and put the wise man on the table where the hymn books go? Because he's just beginning his journey all the way with his friends. He hasn't met his friends yet, but they will meet up on the way. And I think we have five more stars. Only four more spaces on our, our Advent calendar, but five more stars. Now, Sarah, you didn't get one last week, so I think you should get first. Who Would you want one? No? Yeah? Didn't think you got one last week. Anybody else not get a star last week who would really like one? you think you didn't okay you can have one that's all right as long as the people who didn't get one last week get a go are you okay if you don't get one for you? thank you i'll tell you what how about you be glue monitor for me that would be fantastic right do you want to come round to the microphone so we can read them and maybe liz will help you if you need a bit of help with gluing all right so who has got number 21 okay i think 21s first isn't it
0: In the season of winter, the leaves are almost gone and the trees are bare. Yet within that bareness, there is a promise of new life. If you wish, hold the leaf in your open hands as you think about what new life might mean for you. At the end of the day, place the leaf where you will see it daily as a reminder of your thoughts.
1: So that's a reminder then that in the winter, even when it seems like everything is dead and gone, there is new life waiting to burst forth. And perhaps on your way home, if you find a leaf, you could take one and hold it uh, in a quiet moment and ponder on the, the sleeping plants and, and the new life that will come in the spring. Who's next?
0: Who's number 22? For adults and children alike, excitement around hope for gifts... Mounts as they wait for Christmas Day behind the tinsel and wrapping may also long for something deeper and more lasting. If anything were possible, what lasting gift would you ask for?
1: So, behind all the tinsel and wrapping, people may be looking for something a bit more lasting. Good question to ponder this week. What would you really ask for if you could ask for anything? It's a bit like what we end up doing Last week, but it's good to do that again. Who's next? Are you next, Rory?
0: For some people, this week brings increasing pain as they cope with loss or grief or disappointment. disappointment. They cry out for help and sometimes hear little responses
1: so yep Christmas can be a very difficult time for some people, a very sad time perhaps they remember somebody who isn't going to be there anymore or they're perhaps unwell or money is tight so just a reminder to think of other people
0: the Bible story of Jesus paints a picture of much of a much gentler rhythm of life than today, one that goes at a walking pace. What might help you to live with this season at a slower pace? Will you decide to take the time to stand and stare? What is the life if full of care? We have no time to stand and stare.
1: Thank you. So a reminder just to pause. There's got lots of reminders to pause this week. It's such a mad week. It's good to have some reminders to pause. And the last one will be Christmas Day. And as quite a lot of people won't hear, be here, we'll read that one today. And we'll perhaps stick this one right on the top of the calendar.
0: For Christians, this is the beginning of the story and not the end. Before, before the rush on of the day begins, look back to the last year and remember the highs and the lows. Treat today as a new beginning and look forward to to what, to what the coming year might bring. So that's
1: a reminder on Christmas Day when we're all so busy ripping over presents, eating too much food, playing new games, whatever it is, just to pause and look back at all the good things there have been this year. And to give some thanks for that. I think we might need to just pop that one either on the end or at the top or something, because there isn't actually a space for that one. We're going to sing another song, but I'm going to cut the number of verses. It's got a lot of verses, and we we kind of want to get through everything. So we'll just do the first, second, and last verses, and I'll try to flick really quickly on the screen for those who are using the screen for the words. Number 162 in the hymn book. Every star shall sing a carol. to have a quiz and it would be really good if I could have just a few people who are up for a little bit of moving around to come and stand in the middle. Just be careful of the candles, we don't want any trips down to the new, whatever it's called, York Hill in a different place, hospital today. Okay, we're going to have a quiz and everybody can join in. But I've got here, On by, go to. if you think it's a tradition, that means something that's not in the Bible but we tell in the story, I'd like you to go and stand by the tree. And if you think it's gospel, if you think it is in the Bible, I'd like you to go and stand by the stars. So we'll just have a quick practice. So if you think it's tradition, where do you go? Tree. And if you think it's in the Bible, where do you go? Okay, fantastic. Try not to knock the projector over. Or bashing to anybody, otherwise I'll be in so much trouble. Okay, here we go a Christmas quiz, gospel or a tradition. Number one, Mary travelled to Bethlehem riding on a donkey. Yay, it works! They all got it wrong, fantastic. Actually, no, that's not in the Bible at all. There's no mention of a donkey in the Bible. Well, there you go, right? Come back to the beginning. Always good when it works. Phew. I'm sure you'll get the rest right, though. When Mary and Joseph arrived at Bethlehem, they tried at several inns before an innkeeper eventually offered them a place to stay. Is that in the Bible, or is that tradition? That's tradition as well. There's no innkeeper in the Bible. Okay, back we come. It's good. It's, it's, it's all right. It doesn't matter if you, if you don't get the answers that I think are the right ones. Okay, number three. Inside the stable there were sheep, cattle, and donkeys. <laughs> I'm sorry, Freya. They're right. <laughs> well done, back to the middle. I'm sure you get the next one. Next one. When Jesus was born, Mary wrapped him in strips of cloth and placed him in a feed trough to go to sleep. Is that in the Bible, or is that tradition? Well done, Freya, Sarah, and Sam. That's in the Bible. That's not a bit that's been added on. Who knew, eh? It's just confusing, isn't it? Okay. The shepherds brought a lamb to give to baby Jesus. Is that in the Bible, Or is that a tradition? What do you think? Go which way you think. Don't feel you have to follow everybody else. Which way do you think? Well done, Amelia. That one's a tradition. It's not in the Bible. No mention of them bringing the sheep. It says they left their sheep on the hills. After they'd seen Jesus, the shepherds went away and told other people. Is that in the Bible or is that in in tradition? Oh, which way do you think, Sarah? Sarah? Well done, everybody. That is in the Bible. The shepherds did go and tell other people. We forget that bit of the story very often. Mary and Joseph returned to Nazareth after Jesus was born. Is that what the Bible says, or is that what we've added on? What do you think? Okay. Actually, that is what the Bible says in Luke's Gospel. After Jesus was born, they took him to the temple, and then they went back home to Nazareth. The wise men came to their stable with their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay. A bit of a tricky one, this one, but Amelia is right, because Matthew's Gospel said they came to the house, not to the stable. But when we tell the story, we bring them to the stable. Okay. The names of the wise men were Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. Is that in the Bible or is that in the stories that we tell? Uh, which way are you going to go, you two? <laughs> Bible or stories? Which do you think? What do you think, Sam? You're going to go with your sister. You're going to go with the others. Well done. It is actually in the stories we tell. We don't know their names. We don't even know how many there were because the Bible doesn't tell us. Okay, one last question. After the visit of the Magi, Magi, however you say it, kings, wise men, whatever we want to call them, Mary and Joseph took Jesus to Egypt for safety. Is that in the Bible or is that just in the stories we tell? Ooh, hard. Hard. What would you think, Fergus? Which way are you going to go? Okay. Bad choice. That one's actually in the Bible. Thank you all very much indeed for doing that. Now, I reckon if I'd asked the grown-ups, they'd have got them all wrong. So, well done. Lots of things that we think are in the Christmas story... Well, they kind of are, but they're not in the Bible. And the grown ups are going to be thinking a bit more about that. Well, not necessarily the grown ups. Those who choose to stay and listen to me will be thinking about that a little bit more later on. We're going to sing a a carol now. And this carol is written by somebody called Graham Adams. And Graham Adams was in the year above me at Vicar School in Manchester. He's actually a congregational minister rather than a Baptist minister. And he wrote a version of Away in a Manger, which we sang in College Chapel. Now, if you like the traditional Away in a Manger, you might not like this one. So I apologise once and once only, but we're going to sing it anyway. Uh, And it's always good to have a little bit of a challenge to what we think is so comfy. So let's sing the song. You can stay seated for this one. Going to listen to the story as it's told in Luke's Gospel now, but we're going to do it interactively. You did so amazingly last week, and I had already planned it, but you did it so amazingly, I thought we would do it again anyway. When you came in, you will have found a prop on your chair. If you have a piece of tinsel, a long piece of tinsel, that means you're an angel, and I invite you to make a halo and put it on your head if you like to. And when I say angels, I want you to say, Hallelujah! Can the angels have a quick practice of that one? Alleluia. Okay, one, two, three. Hallelujah! better. <laughs> if you have sort of tinselly bow thing, then you're Mary. Um, and when we, when I say Mary, which I think is probably once or twice, um, what would you like to say, Marys? I don't think we'll go praise God after last week. I can't better that one. What would you like to say, Mary's? Any any thoughts? (laughs) Oh dear, I'm going to have to think of something really quickly. Um, Perhaps you'll just stick with your praise God from last week then, because I haven't got anything else off the top of my head. If you've got a piece of wood, who do you think you might be? Joseph, yep. And what would the Josephs like to say? You want to say? Oh gosh, we're not really very imaginative. Okay, oh, Mary, which is what you said last week. That's fine. Um, if you have got a sheep, you are a flock or a sheep. But you can also bleat when I say shepherd. So you could say bah or whatever you think a sheep sounds like. And if, you're, if you've got a, sh- a candy cane, that's a shepherd's crook, and you can be a shepherd and you can be a Yorkshire shepherd and say, you are, you are. Can you manage that shepherds because it sounds better than we are humble shepherds I think. Can you say who are who are shepherds? Oh thank you with a few shepherds. Okay. All right, let's see how we get on. This is the Bible, but not as you've heard it before. In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary (laughs) to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region there were shepherds,
0: <laughs>
1: very quiet shepherds, living in the fields keeping watch over their flock <laughs> by night. Then an angel... ...of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. And they were terrified. Surprised. But the angel... (laughs) ...said to them, "...do not be afraid, for see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger." And suddenly there was an angel with a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone to heaven, the shepherds (laughs) said, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they left their sheep, went with haste, and found Mary, and Joseph, and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen, just as it had been told to them. Well done. Okay, we're going to go to some zones in a minute to continue to explore in different ways for around about 20 minutes. If you would like to have a go at writing a new carol, Please make your way, when the music plays, to the memorial room where Leanne and Ken are kind of overseeing that group. And we will definitely be premiering Leanne's carol that she sent me last night and whatever we get from there. If you would like to make a little keepsake, a little gift box to take home, please make your way to the mezzanine where Cathy and Mary will be watching over you. If you would just like to do some colouring, there's a colouring corner in the snug if you fancy doing some nice messy things with sugar and biscuits and icing and such like, make your way to the creche room where Katrina and Neil will be looking after you. And if you want to listen to some talking, then just stay put because I will be doing a short reflection. Thanks, Paul. Christmas, some people assert, is for children. It's all about hanging up stockings or pillowcases or nowadays even specially designed sacks at bedtime that will magically have been filled with exciting gifts by the morning. It's all about parties of pass the parcel or musical chairs or playing charades or parlour games after you've listened or not listened to the Queen's speech. Christmas, other people tell us, is the loneliest time of the year, characterised by empty chairs at empty tables, bittersweet memories of happier times before the illness, before the divorce, before the bereavement, or the redundancy, or the repossession of the home. It's all too much, an empty pretense of normality, whatever that's supposed to be, or a lament over what might have been. And Christmas, according to the church, is all about Christ. Dating back to the time of the Holy Roman Emperor, this former high mass, originally celebrated at midnight, draws the faithful to that tiny part of the gospel that records the birth of Jesus and which links that via the Eucharist to his death on Calvary and his triumphant return at the Eschaton. In the traditional words of the Mass, of the Communion, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. And Christmas, according to others, is a shameless appropriation by the church of Roman Celtic and pagan festivals and rites associated with midwinter in the Northern Hemisphere. The date coinciding pretty much with the Saturnalia, the celebration of Sol Invicta, the return of the sun. Close to the winter solstice, and even around the same time as Hanukkah, it all supports these claims that the church has, well, at best, borrowed and adapted, at worst, stolen and appropriated. Anything from Hanukkah candles, to the Yule log, to the decorations, and even the Christmas tree. All of these things have pre-Christian origins. And each of these assertions, that it's all for children, that it's a really lonely time, that it's all about Christ, that it's absolutely nothing to do with Christ... Actually, all of them have some truth to tell. There isn't one way that we should feel about Christmas. There is no tidy, unambiguous unambiguous basis for the story or its embellishments or the festival or its traditions. It's not neat and tidy. Even the Gospels don't give us a nice, neat, tidy story. That's why we have our kind of tidied up version. And our quiz showed us really well, much better than I dared hope, I have to admit, that a lot of what we think is in the Christmas story has no basis in Scripture. But what I would want to say is that these embellishments are actually a creative hermeneutic that point us to deeper truths than the very limited and largely matter-of-fact narrative of the Gospel. The Gospel just says this happened, this happened, this happened but the bits we've added on have new and additional things to tell us. The meaning keeper does not exist in scripture. In fact, there is no inn, and the inn was quite probably a house. But we like him as a character, don't we? He's that good baddie that you kind of like, you know, the bah character who tries in vain to turn away the persistent Joseph and the pregnant Mary. He's the one who doesn't want any part of that stuff, thank you all the same. The one who perhaps is a lonely person or an isolated person. Perhaps he's embittered by past experience. Perhaps he's afraid of being taken for a fool or let down one more time. The sad old innkeeper usually has no wife and no children. No reason to celebrate. And yet he takes a risk. He opens up his outhouse, the only spare space he has available, and lets them in. And as we tell the tale, and as the other characters gather around the little baby in the manger... This forlorn, grumpy man finds his heart melted and hope is reborn. I wonder if for those who dread Christmas this year or every year, that he is the person that offers them a glimmer of hope. Somebody who, like them, feels on the outside, but who discovers himself surprised by joy As he takes the risk. And this time, he isn't rejected. This time, he's not played for a fool. La Magi, Magi, whatever they are, they're not named and they're not numbered. We don't know a thing about their ethnicity or about them. And yet, very often, they're portrayed as three exotic characters of three different ethnicities in art. One of them, the ebony-skinned man from Africa. Another with the golden hue of the Orient. And the third, a pale-skinned European. Not one of them with the olive skin of the Mediterranean and Near East, which is probably what they would have looked like. These kings, as they often are portrayed, are representatives of all nations, of all ethnic groups, and implicitly implicitly, those of all faiths and none. Magi, magi, it's the same root as the word magician. They're sometimes described as astrologers rather than astronomers. Certainly they were interested in the stars and thought stars were significant. But this impossible company of men, an African, an Oriental, and a, a European, travel together following but on their camels. We put the camels in as well, there are no camels in the Bible, following the light of a star whose behavior is decidedly unexpected. Whether it was a Venus retrograde or what, Gavin's far more able to tell you than I am, or Ken, people who know about stars. But here, Christmas, as it's represented, embraces insights from other cultures, other traditions and other understandings. It says it's okay to draw on the traditions of Africa or the Orient or Europe or wherever it is. It's okay to borrow from other traditions and to have that set alongside laying your baby in a manger in a borrowed stable. There is something about borrowing in this, borrowing traditions, borrowing ideas. But perhaps this embellishment reminds us and others, not to get worried about taint or distortion, and not to get defensive about what we think of as ours. We're not going to spoil Christmas. We're not going to spoil the story of Jesus by allowing these men in who might not understand it in an orthodox way. These Gentiles from faraway places discover the object of their life's quest as they kneel before a Jewish baby boy or baby toddler, more, a Jewish toddler, more likely. That's an incredible image, isn't it? These well-learned people from all over the world come and in a small child discover something that will shape their lives. For those who are worried about whose festival it is, whether it's Christian or another faith or none, For those who are anxious lest accommodation leads to syncretism, maybe the wise ones offer us a way to embrace and even enjoy the contributions, the origins of which may be very different from our own, and to discover new truths along the way. Whether it's your pagan Yule log, or your pagan Christmas tree, or your pagan Christmas pudding, or your stolen from Judaism, Hanukkah, Panakia, which turns into an Advent wreath, We enjoy them, they add things on. And that's fine. In this picture, as in many, the animals gather meekly in the foreground, gazing in awe at the godchild lying in their food trough. Cattle, sheep, donkeys and camels on our Christmas cards, a tiger last week, a lobster according to something I heard on the radio, and other creep. Other exotic creatures appear in nativity plays because you have to have a part for every child, and somebody's got to play the part of the lobster or the spider or the sparrow or whatever it was. But you know what? From the stories from, of Genesis and all through the Hebrew scriptures, the place of animals within God's good creation is recognized. And when the artists add animals to nativity scene, I think knowingly or unknowingly, they do something deeply theological. They remind us that the Christ child comes not only for the spiritual rescue of rebellious humanity, but for the whole of creation. Scripture speaks to us of trees clapping their hands, of stars singing, of the heavens declaring, the animals kneeling as a sign and symbol of this mysterious truth that Christ comes for all creation. A lot of us probably think we've outgrown the magical side of Christmas. But even the atheist Thomas Hardy likes to imagine that if he sneaked into a stable at midnight, he would find the oxen kneeling as they remembered. Perhaps all of us can just for a moment suspend disbelief and delight in the mystery. Christmas has always been ambiguous. It's always been a complex celebration in which the sacred and profane, the explicitly Christian and the overtly pagan have combined to express a profound mystery that embraces the whole of creation. Maybe... Maybe today what I should have done is not talk about the nativity scene. Maybe I should have talked about the world out there with all its trouble, the challenging times in which we live. But I think we have acknowledged that in the songs we have sung and will sing, and we will do so in our prayers. Perhaps, though, there is a sense that we and everyone with whom we share this weary world needs permission to discover our inner child, to recapture just a hint of a glimpse of the mystery and magic that is expressed in the high mass of Christ, the celebration of the birth of Jesus, of God, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. on your chairs when you came in you should have found a brown paper star and a pencil um what i would like you to do if you would be willing to um you don't have to but i'm going to invite you to is whatever prayer you would like to write to pray today for yourself for others you can draw it you can write it uh, on the star, and then if you would be willing to come and add them to the string, we can hang up our stars of ordinariness in the sky with our bright ones and make this our prayers for others. so after the service I'll sort these out and and hang them up properly but let's just offer them as our prayers to God shall we let's pray creator of the stars born under starlight as a little child we who are part of a world weary and that has lost its sense of wonder offer these prayers written on stars knowing that you will hear them and knowing that you will transform them from the dull brown of the paper to the bright, sparkling lights of hope. For we offer them in the name of that child, Jesus, our Emmanuel. Amen. I'm really excited because I think we're going to get the premiere of two new carols today. Uh, three even. Okay, that's fine. We'll perhaps sing and read, but it's fantastic. So really excited about this. Leanne sent me one last night and I just thought it was too good not to sing. So <laughs> thank you very much, Leanne. So this is the world premiere of a new version of In the Bleak Midwinter. Not sure if that's what Paul was expecting, but it is (laughs) We'll go with this one. Sorry, Paul. Each of them. Um, who's going first? Elaine came first? No, 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 no that's all right. We'll, we will um, love. There are only two short verses, so I'm. Love divine. Love came down at Christmas, is it? Love looked up at Christmas. Love bewildered. Love divine. Love reached out at Christmas. Tiny fingers held aside Worship with a baby. Love demanding. Love divine. Worship we our Jesus. Usual chaos, sacred sign. That's superb. Um, Maybe we can have a go at that one, Paul, if that's... long one.
0: This is uh, based on
1: the tune of the, the, the Holly and the Ivy. Here's it. the mic. Cheers. Loosely on the tune the Holly and the Ivy. I wouldn't attempt to it. This is rather irreverentable but We might get away
0: with it. Right. All the shops are full of goodies,
1: ready waiting for our cash. They don't want us to be prudent. They are
0: hoping we'll be rash. Then the chorus, at Christmas let's remember the coming of the baby boy who from that humble stable filled the world with peace and joy. Second verse, but, but will spending make us happy, yet our gifts can bring good. Perhaps the best gift we can offer is our heart filled with God's love. At Christmas, let's remember the coming of that baby boy, who from that humble stable filled the world with peace and joy. Thank Here. you. And
1: with your permission, if I can take those home, I'd love to type them up and get those on the internet so that other people can see how creative you all are we're now going to take up our offering loving God who joins us in our usual chaos and makes it sacred. We bring these gifts of money and we bring ourselves, offering them in your service and asking that we may grow in love and share the story of Jesus with those around us today and in the days ahead. going to sing our last carol but i'll forget if i don't say this now Um, if you have a sheep or a block of wood could you please return them to the front after the service if you've got tinsel or candy canes please feel free to take them home and if you had a block or a sheep and are feeling a bit cheated i have got some some haribo thingies you can have instead let's stand if we're able to sing our final carol which is one that seems to capture it all really It came upon the midnight clear. So may the joy of the angels the gladness of the shepherds and the worship of the wise men be ours this christmas and always